0: Frank, 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 before we get started, let's thank our amazing friends over at Syncfusion. They're the world's best UI component suite for building powerful web desktop and mobile applications. They have basically everything that you need to build beautiful applications for Blazor, Flutter, ASP.NET Core, JavaScript, Angular, React, Vue.NET MAUI, Xamarin, UWP, WinUI, and all the good desktop things like WinForms and WPF. I'm talking grids, charts, all the data processing that you can handle, inputs, barcode scanners, maps, flow grids, PDF viewers, clocks, groupings, buttons, radials, progress bars, all the things all the time. Go to Syncfusion.com forward slash Conflict. That is Syncfusion.com forward slash Conflict to learn more about
1: all the amazing things that they have to offer. And thanks to Syncfusion for sponsoring this week's pod. What
0: do you think about that, Frank?
1: Uh, that was so energetic. You got me into, in the mood. To talk about code. I'm assume we're gonna be here and talk about code. Thank you, Syncfusion. <laughs> yes. Um I, you know, people think that
0: that's a pre-recorded, you know, uh sponsor read, but no, that is organic. It's from the heart and uh it's emotional because uh, I love our amazing sponsors, I love our amazing listeners, and I love you, Frank. And I want everyone to have the best experience they possibly can. And I think. That that happens when I just like off the cuff, boom, here it is, good to go.
1: I think everyone appreciates that. I mean, if if you've listened at all, you don't. None of those are pre-recorded. They're all different. They're all unique. They're all beautiful snowflakes. And I love every one of them. I'm always excited to hear the ad. And I honestly, honestly mean that. So thanks, James, for A, never making me do an ad. B always making them good. Boom. <laughs> so
0: I want to talk about something that's really fascinating. It kind of talks about our friends at Syncfusion, but has nothing to do with Syncfusion, but maybe it has to do with Syncfusion, which is backwards compatibility, Frank.
1: Oh, that's my life. I'm I'm completely backwards and I like to be compatible. This this is me. This is me. This is my whole mm-hmm. life. Do you know that iCircuit is 12 and a half years old? That
0: is old. That is an older application and it's glorious. And, um, you know, is it on .NET 6, .NET 7, or is it still rocking the the Xamios?
1: Oh, it is still Xamios. <laughs> now, I have no excuse for the Android. That one can easily go over. And even the Mac version, I believe, can go over pretty easily. I have one bottleneck on Xamios. <laughs> I love that name. Sorry. Xamarin.iOS, everyone. Um, uh, uh, extensions aren't supported in .NET. And iCircuit has some extensions. It's unfortunate, but it does. I, I think I have a workaround, so I don't need the extension anymore. But uh, yeah, I've, I haven't gotten it over. Uh, but it is cross-platform, and I have no excuse for the other platforms, so I should get on that. Yes,
0: and I think in general, it's not so much where you're living today, because if you want to take advantage of newer features, then you're able to upgrade and get there. The main problem... Uh, I guess the extensions and the other stuff, the, that stuff is there's uh, unique. But I think the thing that I think about is, let's say I have started a new project and there's stuff that is older that I want to use in my application. That is something, for example, that you may say, well, oh, I get it. I create a new .NET 7 project and I have a .NET standard library. Well, I can just suck that in. No problem, Frank. However, what if you start a new project and you want to use like older compiled Xamarin libraries that aren't compiled against 6 or .NET 7, right? Those are sort of actually bound to the uh, Xamarin bits in general. And that would be maybe problematic for some if those libraries haven't been updated yet.
1: Yeah, no, uh, it's a little bit of my life. Um, At some point, I... Even just for my own internal libraries and things, <laughs> I got the um, shared project religion. I'm, I know we shouldn't talk about them anymore. No one should be using them because they are terrible. But honestly, a lot of my code is still that way um, because I haven't wanted to deal with um, updating things. So it's it's actually been beneficial. Like it's been, I actually have .NET six and .NET seven builds of like the main iCircuit circuit engine and good chunks of the UI. I've, I've been working on a Maui UI for it. And I'm able to not run into the binary problem um, of being compiled against the old stuff. And for the most part, like all the cross-platform stuff has already been .NET standard, and that stuff already works. But yeah, um, any control, any UI thing, none of them work. (laughs) Um, uh, My own library and graphics, I still haven't updated it to .NET 6.7, and I have a hard dependency on that. Now... I never worry about it because that one will convert over just fine. As soon as I remember where they put and float this month, uh, it'll be fine. But um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely use a few old libraries, but fortunately I'm using it from people who have updated. So I haven't, I'm not stuck. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy about that. Have you run into any people that are truly stuck, stuck?
0: So quite, I mean, a lot of it, what it seems to come down to that I've noticed is when you are moving over a big project. So I think often it's not too much when, oh, I have an, I have, I'm creating a new project and I'm just sort of looking to, um, um uh, start from scratch and like find some new alternative stuff. It's the fact that like, Hey, I'm looking to upgrade this thing and it has existing, like, you know, NuGet dependencies. And those haven't been updated yet, or maybe they're in pre-release or this haven't been released yet. A good example is my cadence. This is a perfect example, right? All of the dependencies that I have forever have been updated because almost all of them are mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's that. Um, So, you know, you got that going on and Uh, one that I use though, is a Bluetooth plugin library, which we've talked about before. Now I've worked with that team to now add .NET 6 and now .NET 7 support, and they've taken it over. I just did the initial pull request, and they they, they've gone and gone way above and beyond that I could ever imagine. However, had I been looking to update for a while, I got to make that decision is do I rewrite my Bluetooth code? Do I pull in the source code, which we've talked about That's sort of like the, uh, Hey, this is open source. I could just pull in the source code. I'm not actually blocked right uh, here. I mean, then I the code would just be compiled for me. I just make it a dependency. But then, you know, how do I get all the bug fixes? Or do I just wait? Basically.
1: Well, you did the right thing—the pull request, right? But there's always a chance someone's not going to accept the pull request. It's it's surprising on NuGet because we are we all are binary in the .net world we don't really recompile from other people's source code uh that this version stuff has always been a bit of an issue nuget is rife <laughs> with old libraries from the standard distribution that use older tech uh maybe even like pcls and uh you, what you'll see is a lot of like duplicate libraries on nuget of people like here's a <laughs> .net 6 version or here here's this kind of version and i I really appreciate the effort of those, but I hate taking a dependency on them too, because even then, like you said, who, who's going to do the bug fixing? Thank you for compiling it for me, but who's going to do the updates when bugs get fixed and things like that? So it's a little bit tricky and all that stuff. I actually had to mention portable class libraries because what got me thinking a lot about this today was emo. Uh, d- does emo get a bell? Uh, a half bell? <laughs> Hi, oh, hi, Emo. <laughs> Emo was asking on Twitter today: uh, Is anyone still using portable class libraries? And if so, why? And I'm like, Yeah, I use them because I'm old, and it's not that like it's not that I need features from the PCLs. It's just that they work, and so I haven't bothered to update them because <laughs> we're talking about like going from um, like .NET Standard to .NET six or like from Xamarin to .NET six seven. Um. This is like super old tech, PCLs. (laughs) And I still haven't bothered to update some of those libraries. So in the end, I have no excuse there. PCLs could easily become .NET standard libraries uh, compiled under .NET 6 and 7. I have no need to support Whatever it was that didn't support .NET Standard, I'm sorry, uh, .NET Framework four point five or whatever it is. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, no need to go that back that far, but just out of laziness, I have a bunch of libraries that are still PCLs. Yeah,
0: and it leads sort of to when you have a library, how do you support like multiple versions of things, right? If you want to update, you know, a good example is the Bluetooth plugin. Do they still want to support Xamarin? Do they still want to support .NET Standard? Do they want to, you know, adopt .NET six? What are those TFMs, target framework monikers, and how do those work? And, you know, you can imagine that the the uh, Xamarin, Android, and iOS folks that do the binding for .NET, iOS, and Android also run into these problems, right? Because you take an example of something like, um, you know, Android X in, in, uh, in Android projects. There's tons of them, and those have support for not only Xamarin Android, but also for .NET 6 and .NET 7. (laughs) So how do they compile those in a world where um, you can't multi-target older TFMs, right? So in the world, okay, so let me break this down for, for everyone. So like in the system here, it would be pretty cool if, for example, if I was creating a library and I wanted to provide backwards compatibility, I just slap in, you know, Net6 Android and Mono Android 9.0, like inside (laughs) of my SDK style project. That sounds great, Frank, no?
1: Oh, that sounds like a wonderful thing that is going to be totally supported. I believe it's going to be supported. I have faith it's going to be supported. Does that work, James?
0: Uh, No, it does not work because Uh. that only supports things that have SDK style projects and xamarin android and xamarin ios and tvos and all that other stuff did not so we would use our good from nfs build sdk extras that's what we would probably use in this case right
1: oh that's why okay Uh, you know what i knew all the cool people were using that and i never really understood what it did or any of that stuff is that what it did and I, I will say I was playing a little bit dumb earlier. You could probably tell I'm a bad actor, but uh, because I've had this problem with iOS, I was just hoping that <clears throat> in the Android world <laughs> things did work a little bit better. But I'm sorry. So please continue. So um, MS Build Extras. What What was the full name again?
0: MS Build SDK Extras. Uh, this is a project from Claire Novotny that's been around for a long time and I've praised and I use in every single one of my projects. Did you know that? For libraries, pretty much.
1: Well, when I was referring to the cool people, I was actually just referring to you. Oh,
0: yeah. Um, this thing here basically lets you multi-target everything. And in the way back when, I'm talking Visual Studio 2017, this thing, this thing like really lets you create, you know, and target.net framework, you know, UWP, like, you know, uh, windows phone, like you just target anything under the sun, all multi-targeted from this SDK style project. So what it did is it said the default.net SDK style project, when you're making libraries and you're sharing code between projects, okay, that's fine and, and dandy that you can use new ones, but what if you're like Frank, where you share a bunch of code between all of your different applications. And some of them are on .NET 6, but some of them aren't, right? He shouldn't be using shared projects, even though he is. But let's say he was using just a standard library. How is he going to be able to move that forward? Well, that's where SDK, um, MS Build, SDK Extras comes in. And it's fantastical. And I've been using it forever. Um, and it's just kind of out there in the ethos. But, you know, that does a lot of extra stuff, basically. So the question ends up becoming, do you need all of that? you know, stuff, if you're just like the Xamarin team or you're you, that's just building an iOS project. Is there a way to do that, um, in general to ship multiple versions? Cause some may say, Frank, well, why would you need to recompile your Android or iOS library, um, to net six, can't your net six things just suck it in? And the question is, uh, maybe probably not, but maybe, but the, Let me outline here. Well, as I read this, read me is imagine that Android X library I was talking about. Well, that Android X library built against Xamarin Android, it references MS Core library, but MS Core Lib doesn't exist in .NET 6. And the types in MS Core Lib are forwarded to the correct BCL assembly, which means you're probably going to run into probably a bunch of issues just in general, (laughs) or some certain things have moved like Enfloat.
1: <laughs> That's actually a little bit scary. Um, because what I, I was thinking it did was point at there, there's an MS Core lib that comes with Xamarin Android, there's an MS Core lib that comes with Xamarin iOS. I was assuming it would point at that one, but you're saying no, it redirects through that one to the uh to the Net 6 one, is that right? From my understanding,
0: interesting. So you stumbled. Frank upon a uh,
1: magical uh, little uh, project out there on the internet. <laughs> I did, I did, completely by accident. <laughs> so, in my replying to the PCL tweet from emo ding again, uh, I I was complaining that you can't mix uh, these. Uh, old Xamarin projects with net six projects. And let me give a concrete example here because I think we're being a tiny bit vague in one thing. What happened to me was I couldn't run my tests project anymore. My test projects was a .NET 6 app or seven, I don't know. I, you know, they're, they're kind of the same, right? <laughs> they, they were kind of the same. so one of those two, and uh, I put it in the solution. And also, Visual Studio for Mac is all like, I can't restore anything, I don't know what's going on, life is complicated, what are you doing to me? The projects compiled just fine, ran just fine. It's just uh, you just couldn't mix them, uh, as you were saying. And so (laughs) I was complaining about that. (laughs) And so the solution I came up with, the terrible one, was to create multiple solutions. So just break everything down platform lines, which is terrible and annoying. You don't want to do it. It's the worst. You can create workspace files, which are a little even scarier, but I didn't go down that route. Anyway, by complaining on Twitter, I've got wonderful recommendations. Uh, One from the great Philippe who definitely deserves a bell. Uh, Philippe was saying that um, there is, in fact, a um, hack. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to call it a hack. It's it's a a vaguely supported hack. But what it allows you to do is use SDK-style projects. So that's like the new .NET 6, .NET 7-style projects, which is what I should be updating my app to, .NET 6, .NET 7. Anyway, I can still use that project format. (laughs) But instead of being an SDK-style project at the top of the project file, you call it a Xamarin.legacy.sdk project. And what Mm. that does is... Ooh, yeah, I know. What that does is what I was saying the other one should do. (laughs) It actually fishes around your system finds old Xamarin legacy Xamarin and references things correctly to that. It also gives you the benefits of a .NET 6 project. We can talk about those benefits, but that's the main thing it's doing. It's fishing around your system and finding the actual uh, older SDK and then using uh, all the libraries from that.
0: that's pretty cool. And that is the way that it seems uh, that the team does build things like the Android X libraries and Google Play services and (laughs) things like that.
1: Yeah, it's clever, and I'm kicking myself because I always thought, like, maybe I should just write a stupid thing like that. It, it's a little bit tricky because I, I – mm, <laughs> have you done extensions in iOS, app extensions, ever? Mm. Mm, oh, mm,
0: I've – maybe a little tiny
1: bit. You know, when you write a watch app, you write a watch extension. Do you ever do a watch app? Mm, no. No. Yeah. No. Okay. Well. Anyway, they're the worst. The, I was just trying to say, they're the worst dealing with them. Uh so I'm curious. I keep saying libraries. This thing's going to point at the libraries, but more importantly than that, it's it points at the tooling. So the compiler mm-hmm. to use the um. Actually, I might be wrong about that. It might use the modern compiler. But most importantly, like mTouch and the linker and the things that actually build your app and package your app into an iOS app. It fishes around and finds those things. And the reason I brought up extensions again, um, A, because that's my stumbling block, B, um, they're a pain to build. (laughs) And I'm curious if Mm. uh, these legacy SDK things can also do it. I haven't actually applied this to my own project, everyone. I was just so excited about these things. I wanted to talk about it. Oh, nice!
0: Yeah, um, have you tried any of this stuff out, or like, what's your thoughts?
1: No, like I said, I I actually have a uh, big faith <laughs> because my app, I have um already compiled big chunks of it as a .NET six seven app. You know, it's uh, the, all that I'm not worried about the compiler or anything. It's really just the tooling around extensions, things like that. Will those work? Um, (laughs) and really it's just going to take the experiment to find out, but it's good to know that there is at least this, um, easy pathway because the nice thing here is, um, you won't have the end float problem. This is another way to kick the can down the road. You know, I'm begrudgingly, you know, I'm converting my project file over to the new SDK, but I'm using the old SDK. It's a little bit kind of confusing. But at least it's like getting you down the road. You know, sometimes it's hard to jump to the end of the street. Maybe you got baby steps, work your way along. So I think I'm at least going to give it a try because if nothing else, it's going to get my project files into a shape that's ready for .NET 6. And then it'll just be a big question of whether the stupid extensions are supported. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. I, I think there's probably a bunch of ways of, of, of hacking around the problem that you have and that you know, we sort of have, there's a lot of, you know, different roundabout ways to get into it. So the, the question ends up becoming, you know, how far do you want to go down that rabbit hole compared to just like waiting for something to happen?
1: Well, that's the trick. Um, at least this is, it It has the potential to not be a deep rabbit hole. Let me start there <laughs> because not much <laughs> of the project file has changed that much. I've, I'm actually quite experienced at porting, um, old projects over to .NET 6, 7. Now I've done it with most of my apps, just not iCircuit. And so I'm pretty confident um, that, like I said, even if I fall down a rabbit hole, (laughs) uh, I can't imagine it taking more than a day. And even if I pull the abort cable at the end, really mixing metaphors now, um, I'll still have something I can use for .NET 8. I don't know. I don't think extend here's the deal. I don't think they're going to support extensions for a while. So I'm thinking I just got to work around this problem and re-architect the app a tiny bit to not use the extension. I think that's what's actually going to happen, but this is going to be a nice um, diversion until then.
0: (laughs) I like that. Yeah. I feel like with most of my applications, I'm sort of in the camp where most of the time it's probably just easier to you know, either use the MS build SDK style stuff, or like at what point is it just okay to not worry about the older libraries? Like, I think the thing I'm fascinated about, like in your case, you're worried about extensions and things for your applications. In my case, I'm thinking, well, you know, how do we, and all my libraries support X, Y, Z long-term? Yeah. And then the real question is becoming, well, how long do I really want to support those older things in my projects, basically, and just instead of just like going on to the new hotness?
1: I have this. Um shared project I use in most of my apps, it's really just a trash bin of code. <laughs> you know, every, I hope everyone has one. <laughs> I'm not even that organized, but there's so many times I just write some utility classes and I try to be good and I try to throw it in the trash bin of code. And I try to just include that in projects. so I'm not constantly rewriting that thing all the time. Anyway, uh, that silly thing, I always reference it by submodules. And those are the worst. They never work right, you know? It really should just be a Nougat out there, a versioned Nougat, and it should be building. And so I've given myself this little task of turning, I really should rename it to <laughs> Trash Bin, um, and to uh, releasing that as a Nougat, and I'll make it open source just so I don't have to pay for CI services and all that stuff, and um, start referencing that. And I was thinking, it's we're having this, um, what you were just saying is like, am I going to support the old stuff? Because that's so inconvenient. It's so much easier to port it on over to the new stuff and just release that as the Nougat. But uh, I think I'm still in that ugly transition time where ah, it, it, it's really tricky because, you know, the old projects are using the stupid submodules, so they'll keep working just fine. So really, maybe I should just do myself a favor and only release newer versions of it and get myself moving. Sorry. So total side tangent there. Thank you for being my rubber duck.
0: You're welcome. You know, I think sometimes.
1: Why do people say rubber duck? Can you explain that really? (laughs) It's it's I I forget what the original reference is, everyone. But um, there's an old joke that um, by the time that you've explained the problem to someone, you come up with an answer because it just explaining a problem to someone forces you to kind of serialize it to uh, make it understandable. And so by the time you're done explaining the problem, you come to a conclusion. And so the joke is instead of bothering all your friends, just get a little rubber duck and explain the problem to the rubber duck cuz the rubber duck will probably give you the answer.
0: Got it. Got it. See, that 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 helps out. Thank you.
1: Um yeah, I don't sense. know the origins. <laughs>
0: I like it. I like it. Um, all right, what else is on our our docket here? Do we have anything else to say about this, or do we just crush it?
1: I how how do you feel about little hacky things? Like, like let let's you know if it works, it works, right? But like, it's definitely a temporary band aid, and so even if it works, yeah. You can't fight the tide. The tide is six seven. I got to get this code fully ported over. And so I think this is super cool, but it also very much feels like a hack. And I just, I need to move on.
0: I think you should always be hacking everything. And here's why. If it runs and it compiles, then it runs and it compiles. And it's amazing. You know what I mean? Like ship it. Yeah. Ship that up.
1: Yeah. Well, it would be nice to just have the unit tests back in the solution because (laughs) I keep using uh, the CI service as my unit testing service, which can get expensive. So I really shouldn't be doing that, but I do it because that's the kind of programmer I am. For the people. That's why open source is so nice because you actually don't have to pay for the CI and CD. (laughs) Yeah,
0: there you go. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, in, in general... I think is it's totally fine to just like hack on stuff and get stuff going. Um, only because I think that it um it's okay. You gotta get it to work. The question ends up becoming in this. Okay, let me let me break this down. Is, for example, this the most important thing possible right now? And what I mean by that is how much time should you sit and invest on this when you could be doing other things
1: the, hence the rabbit hole discussion i guess i gave myself a quota of 1 day but you're right should i spend that day porting it to .net 6 instead you know instead of taking this intermediary exactly. step or I guess to take your full meaning, don't port to .NET 6 until Xamarin is literally out of lifecycle. But I don't want to wait to the very last minute. I'm a, I'm a known procrastinator, so I'm trying not to do that. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I I get you, though. It's not the most important thing. You're right. The runtime, all that kind of stuff. And I also agree. If it's a hack, it builds. All the tests pass. It feels good on the device. Who cares? Who cares how you actually built it? Uh, I take your meaning with all of that. And yet I do like the new shiny and it is obvious that all the IDEs are only happy with the new style projects. You know, VS code does not like the old style projects. And I do like to bounce Mm. into VS code from time to time. So it does benefit me to have things in the new format because that's the way all the tooling is going and all that kind of stuff. But I totally take your meaning and I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. I agree. I think that that is, that's what you got to do. I think you got to, You either bite the bullet or you don't bite the bullet. And the the question is, is how long does the hack take versus not? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, One day quota. (laughs) We'll we'll see. One day. I mean, it's either going to work or it's not. Like, I'm pretty sure I can port the code pretty darn fast. I've gotten good at it. Um, Did I mention that this is important? And I I was giving a lot of shout outs on this episode. We didn't mention that uh, Jonathan Peppers, it seems, is the brainchild. Is that the right phrase? of this uh crazy uh dot sdk i love it
0: good old peppers we we're just talking about him getting you know this spicy library i had him on for i don't know so many things pepper is just like always oh, doing crazy stuff i love it him and wrath just john dick just really wild stuff and i think because peppers is so deep into the build system of all the android stuff like getting stuff to work just Stuff just comes out and it's it's beautiful. But I'll put a link into the show notes. So everyone can take a look at at that and SDK extras as well. And if you're looking for backwards compatibilityness and you gotta you know support older things, it's a good route to go. I,
1: I hope we 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 should have a year like 2024 or 2025 where we don't talk about backwards compatibility anymore. We're just living in the future. I hope I hope that soon. <laughs> this has taken a little too long. Yeah, and I appreciate the stepping stone peppers has given us. And I'm probably going to try it out, but got to move on.
0: Well, I think it's going to do it. 30 minutes on the dot, Frank. We did it. Um, I'm I'm excited to talk about actually one day when we get like uh, StoreKit 2 support. How do you support StoreKit 1 and StoreKit 2 for backwards compatibility all at the same time? That's a different coding problem that I do not want to ever deal with, but I'm sure is going to happen pretty soon. But until then, that's going to do for this merge conflict. So until next time, I'm James
1: Montsmagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace.